The idea that there are no more good men or women or people left to date, I feel like people run to that conclusion based on past experiences, hurt, trauma. And I'm not discounting anyone's experience. All of our paths are valid. But what do we have as people of faith, if not hope, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're monogamous, it only takes one. Is there one? Will there be one? Hallelujah. Welcome to Sanctified. Join this congregation weekly where hot girls and holiness align. Where nothing is taboo and revelation is more than the Bible's last book. I'm Deborah Joy Winans. I'm a wife, a mother, a sister, a daughter, a friend, and a lover. And I'm learning to live this life without fear or shame in abundance, the way God intended. And I'm LaVon Briggs. I'm a Queens girl, a joy chaser. I'm a daughter of the church and the diaspora. And I'm a Black woman spiritual leader who's no longer at war with her body. You ready, LaVon? I'm ready, sis. DJ, how you feeling today? I'm alive and well, so praise God. You got a praise in your Shondo. (laughs) At all times. At all times, honey. And we need a praise on today because today we are talking about protecting our belief in love. Mm. Mm. Just saying love makes me feel some kind of way. Is it a good way? What is love making you feel like? Expansive, hopeful, optimistic, because it's so interesting that love is making me feel that way in this moment because there's a thought that I consider a lot. When I was at Yale Divinity School, I was serving (laughs) at a church in New Haven, Connecticut. And I remember after service one day, sitting on the front pew with Mother Johnson, one of the church mothers. We love the church mothers. This is a church mother stand account. And we started to talk about love. And she said, love has lost its currency. She said, we use love to talk about everything. I love pizza. I love gummy bears. But ultimately, she said, love requires elbow grease. And that has stayed with me for 10 plus years at this point. And love is such a hot topic that I bring that refrain up often. And it also makes me wonder, DJ, what is love really? What's your definition of love? I love that Mother Johnson said love requires elbow grease. You realize that everything great in life, it requires you to focus and and do the work. Love for me, it's ever growing. I am learning about the love of God every day and how it shows up in my life through my husband who, you know, I see my flaws as just, oh my God, I, I got to get rid of this. But he makes room for all of me. I think love is making room and putting action to your words. Because you can say it all day. What are you doing? What is your, because love is an action word. So what are you doing? Don't just tell me you love me. Show me. I see it every day in different things. I see even how when I'm working the way the love of God shows up for me in different places and different things, I think you just have to open your eyes and your heart to it. I agree. That's my definition. What is your definition of love? So here's the thing, girl. (laughs) I am relearning what love is. Honestly, truly, I don't know in this moment. I have just finished reading All About Love by Bell Hooks. And so I have been 
you know, using her quote that's a riff off of what Eric Fromm said about what love is. And she defines love as the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. And so when I use that definition as a barometer for love, if you will, I reflect on my childhood growing up, first generation Caribbean American, where I was taught that I keep a roof over your head, I have clothes on your back, there's food on the table, that's love. And I'm like, "Mm, actually, that's provision. And I'm grateful for it. Like, let's be very clear. Thank you, God. Thank you, family, right? Also, Anne, was that really love? And I got to be honest, I'm unsure. And it's a tender place to be in, child. (laughs) I understand that. And I think the generations before us had to go through so much to just try and make it. Mm -hmm. I think what they're trying to give us that they think is love is like, well, you going to survive off of this. You survived. But your soul is not fed and nurtured. And where is the growth? And where is the security? I walk around with a certain security mm-hmm. knowing that I am unconditionally loved and taken care of by God. And I think that's something that we can not only show the generations coming after us, but even the generations before us that may not have understood how to fully love Like, oh, this is how you do it. Right. We can show them in how we treat them and love on them. So where do you find love if not always at home or always uh, at work or with your spouse or with, you know, where do you find it? Yeah. It makes me think, DJ, of how we always say on the show that we're beyond surviving now, that we are thriving. And so I want to thrive in love not survive in love. And for me, I find love in community, right? With my deep soulmates who happen to be platonic friends, girlfriends, homeboys, folks, right? And as a woman who is dating and seeking a romantic life partner, if I were to put all my eggs in the romantic love basket, I would feel loveless. And so it's so important for me to honor the fact that I need a solar system of love with God, with my ancestors, with my community, and with myself. I love that. A solar system of love. It should be all around you. Love comes in so many different forms. And I think I learned that a little bit later in life because I was always with my family. And then eventually I got married. And it's like, you have been taught that the ultimate pinnacle of love is love God and, and, and now you're married and you love your spouse. And when I got older, I started meeting girlfriends. Right. That like, I said, oh my gosh, why are we like the same? What is happening? I love this. I love this for us. And people that I could really talk to and commune with and that would give me the hard advice but with love and would stand with me and hold me. And that's not always your spouse. So I love that you said a solar system, like wrap yourself in a solar system of love, romantic, platonic. There's so much love 
for you to have if you can sort of open your eyes and, and your heart to it. And I believe that once you start with you and figure out the way you like to be loved and you learn that self-care portion for you, then you can begin to pinpoint the love that you need and want to find. Absolutely. And as Black women, in the words of Reverend Dr. Nichelle Guidry, sisterhood saves. And so I love that you brought up this expansive time in your life where you were like, wait up, my homegirls, like this love is here. I don't know if you remember seeing this article a few years ago, but it was about how these seven Chinese homegirls, girlfriends, whatever, bought a mansion together and they planned to retire in it. <laughs> and I was like, look at us out here being like, we're not waiting. I love it. For the, for the man, we we just gonna go in this together. And it's like, even if someone does get married and moves out, like now you got this big ass mansion together. You can visit and throw parties and have holiday celebrations. So don't put your life on hold, right? Thinking that I can only do X, Y, and Z when I have this romantic love. Right. And so for us, that's inspiring to me because it reminds me to hold on to love and all its expansive forms, right? Yeah. When I think about in Vogue, the evangelists, when they was like, hold on to your love, you got to hold on, right? That's a sermon, okay? That is a word. We cultivate love in all its forms, romantic, communal, with self ancestrally just love is abundant and it's there for the taking guys it's there mm -hmm. it's there for the receiving believe in it believe in it this is why it's so important for us to address myths and misconceptions around love one of my pet peeves deborah joy is when i hear people say things like there's pee in the dating pool Urgh, my God. I'm like, okay, so first of all, that means your pee in the dating pool because you're in the dating pool. So is that how you really feel about yourself first, right? And then secondly, it's just not true. The idea that there are no more good men or women or people left to date, I feel like people run to that conclusion based on past experiences hurt, trauma, and I'm not discounting anyone's experience. All of our paths are valid. But what do we have as people of faith, if not hope, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're monogamous, it only takes one. Is there one? Will there be one? Hallelujah. The doors of the church are open. Jump into the pool, put some chlorine in there, put on your cute swimsuit, do your work, show up as your full, healthy, whole, authentic, fun, sacred self, and have fun with it. What's a myth you want to bust, DJ? Number one, people don't stay together like my grandparents did back in the day. Exactly. You don't know the inner workings of anybody's marriage. So you don't know what they decided they were okay with and not okay with. Particularly back in the day, the struggles of women. A lot of times we couldn't do anything without a spouse. We couldn't buy a house. We couldn't get our own bank account. We could, we had to have that security in order to live. And now that times have changed and we are able to be our own full, complete, lovely selves as we always have been, but just weren't given the space to do it. Right. We are able to make 
truer choices for us and better choices. And that's not to say that everyone that got married back in the day, it was all just for security. No, there was a lot of love. I believe my grandparents loved each other for sure. They were married 55 years. And when my grandfather was in the hospital, my grandma was there and he would be like, Hey, baby, come come on. She was like, no, I'm going home. I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, baby, just, you know, just make a pallet. Remember when we used to make a pallet on the floor like we did back? And she was like, honey, my bones don't do pallets no more. Okay. It was so funny, but they were so cute. Like there were marriages, yes, full of love, full of I'm with you because I want to be with you and I want to rock this world and, and make some babies. And there are those couples And so while you do have that, you have others that had to do things simply to survive and make ends meet. And so this myth that people don't stay together like our grandparents did, you just don't know what their situation was. So to just not judge off of that and to understand that even now, as we evolve, love continues to evolve and we're making choices that are better suited for us. And that's okay. Because we're making choices from a healed place. The idea that relationships require struggle and suffering, specifically for Black women, is extremely problematic. Whether it is false theological teaching that says God has ordained for you to go through this struggle in order to... God did not need for you (laughs) to go through that thing. It happened and God was with you in it. But the deification of suffering, the idea that suffering is a virtue and it makes you a good woman of faith, I believe that is something that Black women deserve to shed. I believe that we have agency and that as we get closer to God and we learn what fits for us in our relationship with God, then we learn what fits for us in our relationships with other people. And I would even say with ourselves. So you get to choose what's working and what's not. I'm even thinking of Insecure and when Issa and Molly had their friendship disruption. I have gone through friendship dissolutions with women that have broken my heart more than a man who ghosted me in the dating scene, right? And just the idea that You have to be in this friendship. You were playing in the sandbox together or or that's your line sister. Or sometimes we hear blood is thicker than water. I do not need to stay in any relationship, biological, spiritual, social, or otherwise, that is causing harm to my personhood. And that is so empowering to me, which is also why I love finding community in friends who become family, right? My chosen family, my destined aligned family. We may not be related by blood, but our spirits are intertwined and it gives me life. And I love that we are expanding to these new ways of doing relationships. Absolutely. You know, when people speak about love, our minds automatically go to, who is he? Who is she? What's going on? And it's not just romantic. It is that chosen family that can be some of the best loves of your life. And I'm so happy that I'm able to speak from a place of having that because I growing up was thinking it was only about who I marry and and that's that. But to, to be able to have loves that are my friends, that are my girls, it's like, wow, it's just opened my mind to the expansive piece of what love is. 
you know? And I think that if we are able to sort of reframe our thinking from what we were told love was to just being open and exploring what love is, I think we'll have a really fulfilling and rich life. And trust me, I'm not staying in a relationship that is constantly causing me stress and work. Now we got to work through this and now we got to work through that. Right. Every day is something. (laughs) It shouldn't be something every day. So I have been reframing what love is and what it can be, I think will really open our eyes to the greatness of love and, and that it's all around. What would you say will help change sort of some of these myths and misconceptions? Child. So I love that you said it'll take work, but if it's an ongoing struggle, like think about washing dishes, right? You done make your famous mac and cheese and you got to scratch off the bottom of the pan. You got your scouring pad or your copper jaw, whatever, right? Yeah, you're going to use a little bit of soap. You're going to use some water and you go on use that forearm and that strength. But if it doesn't budge after a while, beloved, you're going to have to just get a new pan, right? So when I was married, when the bad days outweigh the good days, that's when I was like, okay, hold on here. Like misery as a lifestyle is not for me. And when I think about weddings and how we always go to that first Corinthians 13 passage, love is patience, love is kind. I'm like kindness and patience are not just these simple ingredients that you pull out whenever, when you are pissed at me, when I have irked your last nerve, when you've had a bad day at work, when you got bad news, how are you showing up in that space, right? And so I think it's important for us to realize that these words that we use, they hold a lot of weight. And so how can we allow ourselves to be exposed to more love in ways that feel good to us? How do we seek out what affirms our desire for love, to be loved, whatever love means to you? And so it's a a journey, child. I'm glad to be on it. (laughs) Right? You know, some days are a little rough, but love is a beautiful journey. I look at where I've come from to where I am, and I'm like, ooh, I remember that day. I didn't think I'd see the light of day after that. It's surprising what love can do. Love has healed me. And it's why I'm excited that we're having these conversations because love is a hot topic. You can open any social media app and scroll your timeline and see hot takes, bad takes, (laughs) arguments, misconceptions. But there are people out in the world who are holding space for us to go deep what the fuck is love? What are we doing here, right? (laughs) Because I fully believe that our purpose is to love and how we express love is our calling. Today's testifier who's going to help us walk through some of this is Rhonda McClendon. Rhonda is a new and fresh voice to the relationship talk space as the co-host of her podcast, Real Love Scenario on the Relationship Restored Network. Through this podcast, Rhonda passionately, she's passionate and energetic, (laughs) y'all, shares her insights on dating, sex, love, and the importance of emotional, relational intelligence. Y'all, let's tune in and tap in and hear from Rhonda now. My name is Rhonda McLendon, and this is my testimony. 
My understanding of a good relationship has changed over time. I think I had to really dig deep into the love that I had for myself so that I can get a really better understanding of what I expect in a relationship. But I learned this through a very mature relationship with a man who helped me to dig deeper into myself. It is to date the most mature and healthy relationship that I've ever been in. Our relationship started spiritually. One of the first things we did was pray together after talking on the phone for a few nights before even going on like our first date. He saw me in the way that I think God's sees me. He always would shoot down when I would have this negative self-talk or this pushback when he would pay me certain compliments. And he would always pry into why I was doing that. And I really couldn't answer it. I did not know. It just was what I was used to. And so him pushing on me to stop doing that, to stop speaking of myself so poorly, but also to stop rejecting what he saw in me, it pushed me eventually to get into therapy. Just having someone around me that could say you are more than enough and you don't need to be more than you are to be loved. I needed that. There has been a time that I've given up on love. I was in college and I was dating someone who I would venture to say that I loved them at that time. And they were absolutely sure about a particular career path that they wanted to take. They told me that they knew they wanted to be a pastor one day. And at 20, I was like, I am nobody's first lady. Like, I feel like I would hinder your process. I hadn't lived. Like, for God's sakes, we weren't even old enough to drink yet. I had to let the relationship go in order for him to flourish in that space. It's even hard talking about it now because now being a lot more mature, I think that it could have worked. But that is the time where I feel like I gave up on love because I was young and I was just too scared. The parameters that I have to set up to protect my belief in love include really taking in more good than bad. There is so much content that is being pushed to us to kind of tear away at the idea that love is still a beautiful thing and relationships are still healthy and successful and marriage is still a goal. My best practice is just to fill my mind and my eyes and my ear gates with couples and relationships and information about positive marriages and happy relationships and even people who are happily single. What keeps me believing in love is because I've experienced it. I know how powerful love is. I know how my energy is when I am in love, even through challenging times in relationships. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing when it is done right. We are designed to be love. God created us that way. And so it's just no way that I couldn't believe in it. And that's just in the pocket of romance. The love that I have for myself, I can never deny myself of that. I can never deny the love that I get from family and friends. Love is so expansive if we allow our minds to go beyond this idea of it always has to be in the form of romance. And so in this space of singleness where you can feel desperate for love, that's when I have to expand my mind to say, like, I am surrounded. I am bathed in love if I really just see myself that way. My name is Rhonda McMinden, and that is my testimony. We'll be right back with the fellowship after this.
Welcome, welcome, Rhonda McClendon. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. I'm like so excited to be here. You're worthy, beloved. Welcome to the show. We are very happy to have you. Your testimony is fabulous. It is so just honest and beautiful. So I just want to jump in. LaVon and I were talking earlier about our definitions of love. And so I want to know what is your definition of love? I feel like love is, it is both an action and a feeling. I feel like that's where people try to pick one. I think it's both. Um, And I heard someone say something just recently that I'm going to steal. Love is God's way of showing his trueness on his people. It's literally like we are representation of love. Everything moving and shaking people. We, we're we love. You're love. I'm love. So I thought that was beautiful too. But it's a healing power. It really is. Levine, you were saying earlier that it's healing. It is. And so there's just, there's so much out there. There are so many resources and conversations surrounding us about love and relationships and how you do it, how you don't do it. How do you personally choose what you'll take in? It's really based on how I'm feeling. I'll be 40 this year. And I would say probably since 35, I have learned to really be better about listening to myself and honoring myself when I hear what I'm what I am saying. I think it's very easy and natural for us to deny ourselves to help others. If you love people, you will be like, you know, I had a long day, but it sounds like hers was harder. So I'm gonna just be there for them. But that just started to weigh too heavily on me. And so I can hear my voice very clearly now. And when it is saying to me, this is not good, this does not feel right, I have to listen, you know, and I'm not saying it's the easiest thing to do. I hear the voice immediately. Sometimes making the decisions are the harder parts, but I'm always thankful when I make the right decision because I don't feel so weighed down. I mean, you wouldn't take 10 bags through the airport. You couldn't physically do that, right? It's like we do that with our friends. We do that with dating. We do that with people. We take on more than we are even capable of doing. And then we wonder why we're so beat up, you know? (laughs) Erica Badu tried to tell us, child. She said, bad lady. Put them down. You going to miss your book. Yes. You can't hurry up because you got too much stuff. Too much stuff. (laughs) So it's interesting that you talked about making hard decisions because in your testimony, you talked about a decision that was really tough for you. And that was being in this really blooming relationship at 20 years old with a man who felt called to pastoral ministry. And you were like, child, I'm not a first lady. This ain't going to work. But I'm wondering, what if there was a non-traditional way to look at first ladyhood? that could have maybe perhaps shifted things for you. So as I think about the expectations of First Ladyhood, particularly in the Black church, how do you feel that those expectations impact Black women and those who love Black women? So I grew up Adventist. And uh, as you can imagine, if you know anything about Adventism, I mean, it's to me one of the stricter denominations. And so that certainly informed my decision at that time. I was like all the things thinking about being 20 years old, growing up in the church, it was already lots of things that I had not done, um, had not experienced and just knew I was going to go straight to hell if I did. Um, And so once I was old enough to say and be confident and you know what, I'm going to make my own way through life and I'm going to just see if I do do that thing, am I really going to go to hell? Like, uh, you know, I got to figure that all out for myself. And so 
at that age thinking about, okay, I'm now embarking on that for myself. And then here is this man who is saying he wants to do something that instantly is taking me back to, I'm about to have to not do this, not do that, not do that, or I'm going to go to hell. And, and more importantly, I would be in a leadership position. And I feel like the microscope is just, it's, it's heavier. Like parishioners can get away with certain things that a pastor and a first lady and a first family can't because everybody's watching them. And so I think the expectation that is put on Black women and those that love them and want to date them is that we cannot always be fully ourselves, that there's not duality in the space. And I think today, you know, 20 years later, I am so thankful when I see not necessarily falls from grace, but when I see just a couple being authentic about how they love each other, how they live their lives. It's like, yes, we leave the church, but we also enjoy going to Beyonce concerts. And when we get upset, like, you know, not to name drop, but when Kurt Franklin got upset with his child, I'm like, that's real. And so I think today, perhaps I could have been The one thing I would have wanted to always be is myself. That is important to me, that I'm authentically me, that when you encounter me, it's not the first lady version. It's me. I'm I'm just me. I think today I could have had that experience, but back then I, in my mind, could not foresee that at all. No way. I fully understand that. When I first met my husband and we were going from friends to, okay, let's date, his father is a pastor. And I said, I need to know right now, do you feel any call? Because I'm not a first lady. And he was like, oh no, that's not my calling. I was like, okay, well, praise God, we can move forward. I understand that because it it does in your mind with how we were raised, it makes you feel like now I got to think about all the things I can't do. I can't just explore and live and grow, which you should be able to do. And I think nowadays it has gone from just exploring and growing to this sort of pop culture view of love in the way of, well, what can you do for me? What would be your advice to guard against viewing love in the form of, well, what can you do for me? Yeah. I was just talking to someone the other day and I talked about, for me, it's so important when I think about what I love about being single, right? I love being peaceful. Peacefulness is really important to me. So my idea of of having a life partner, the idea is to multiply what I'm already enjoy with myself. And so when I'm looking for a partner, peacefulness is important. I want that person to enjoy that too. And so to avoid the idea of what can you do for me, It's really more so about how can this partnership flourish if we combine it? And that doesn't mean tangibly because tangible things are necessary. We need money to survive, right? Like it's a resource. That's what it was given. Let's just, that's a baseline. But I want to feel like who you are, your soul is your currency, right? And because that is what I'm going to be connected to. That is what is going to inform our children. That's what's going to inform our business decisions, What's the inside like? And so that's the currency that I try to focus on because I think we all know expensive or really wealthy jerks. You know, we know people who are very rich, but are very heartless, are very cold, and you would never want to spend a moment with them. And so I need a partner that I really enjoy. So the currency has to come from the inside. So I'm constantly like talking and getting around the sound bites sometimes on the internet, which is hard as people in this space. I know you know. We, we consume it 
to some degree as research, but it can negatively inform you. It will really make you think dating is horrible and love is scary and love is not scary. It's not true. Dating can be challenging, but I wouldn't say it's hard. You know, you can you can still do it. So it's combating against that by looking inward and just staying true to what you want and who you are. That's the word. Pass the collection, please. (laughs) It's so interesting, Rhonda, that you talked about the significance of peace in your life because, honey, peace is priceless. I turned 40 last year. Let me tell you, it gets so fucking good in your 40s. I can't wait for it. I'm excited for you. Have heard. Yeah. And so that's why it irks me when I hear people say, oh, be my peace. And I'm like, no, you got to be peace. And I got to be peace. That's right. And then we co-create our peace, right? But there's no peace that you're going to find in me that you don't already have in yourself. And those are the sorts of lessons that come with time and age and experience and wisdom and maturity. And so if you could give your younger self a word of encouragement about love and relationships, what would you today, Rhonda, want your younger Rhonda to know? Every time I think about having to talk to my younger self, I instantly like want to cry. Like every time. God gave us tear ducts for a reason. Go ahead, girl. And they right here so they get your skin real good in here. It's it's true. It's true. The water and the salt. Come on. (laughs) I would tell the younger Rhonda always that she was enough. You know, that you have enough. You are worthy of all the things that you want, um, no matter what anybody tells you. But I think I also would have told her to just love herself more. And I think if I had figured that out sooner, I would have potentially avoided some of the challenges that I experienced if I would have just loved myself a little more than I did. I don't think I did that really until I was an adult. That is such great advice and something that we all need to hear. You are enough and you are worthy of every bit of love. And so when we talk a lot about partners and how that romance works and how we have to come together and co-create that peace and our love and what we need and how we get along. But we don't really talk a lot about how we romance ourselves, how we make ourselves feel good. How does Rhonda romance herself? I could probably talk about this for days. How much time we got? (laughs) I am very much into candles and fragrance in general. God willing, that will be a manifestation of a stream of income for me one day. But that is one of my favorite ways, making myself smell really good from perfumes to lotions. It is what I wash my body in. It's what I fill my home with. I love to date myself. My favorite way to date myself is at home. I enjoy taking myself out too, but I'm not as comfortable with that. But the at-home dates are a thing. I'm like, I come in, I'm like in beautiful lingerie. I might have on a silky robe and I'm like cooking myself dinner that way. The lights are low. The music is good. I am taking my time and plating my food. I'm eating with my eyes first. Like I love taking myself on a nice date at home. It's just, it's such a good feeling. Buy myself flowers. Essentially being the woman I would, I think I would like to be in partnership. You know, I give that to myself first. And so it feels easy to give it to someone else. I love, love, love that. I mean, baths, spa. I'm a girly girl that loves all the feels for sure. It's so good. That is so juicy. I'm the same way. I'm like, 
give me a warm bubble bath, give me a glass of wine, give me a little self pleasure. <laughs> like I just, I'm body rolling right now. Y'all can't see me, listeners, but all the things, <laughs> all the things. You know, I love that she talked about romancing yourself and loving yourself and taking yourself out on dates. And I think that's an invitation for listeners who maybe have never done that. Take yourself out on a date. See how that feels. Because in the words of Rhonda, we are designed to be loved. And that divine design to be loved is in us. So the same way that you set the atmosphere in your home with candles and fragrance and food, do you set the atmosphere, Rhonda, with music? Yes. I want to know, what are some of your favorite love songs? Because you was on IG talking about don't be listening to Giveon. So I need to know, girl. <laughs> what are some of your favorite love songs that make you feel all the feels, no matter your relationship status? Number one, I love Giveon. <laughs> you trying to tell someone what not to listen to when you're going through a breakup. And it's some artists that are like, Mary J. Blige, give, you'll never get out of it if you keep listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. One of my favorite love songs is Distant Lovers by Marvin Gaye. Mm. Something about that track and how he just, oh, he just rides the, it's just, it's just a good feel when you hear that song. I, I adore that song. I love Luke James. He has a song called Dancing in the Dark. It's sexy. You know, it's moody. I love moody music. Um, I love Nina Simone and Sade. I do. So pretty much anything by them. I, I just love songs about love. And I really love when men are singing them. I have a whole playlist that's only love songs by men. So that I, again, when you asked me earlier, how do you combat against this idea that like love is not beautiful and men aren't out here? I listen to men singing about the love that they have, the love that they want. So that again, I believe so the tanks of the world, Smokey Robinson. Yes, tank. Now you talk, come on, Smokey. Smokey could have gotten it back in the day. Let me tell you <laughs> something. I love me some Smokey Robinson. And oh, same, same. This new album I hear is a, a little spicy, so I might have to see. Girl, we gonna have to go to the concert together. Look, the way he was moving was spicy. I said, well, he done got a new reinvigoration of life. Okay, Smokey want the smoke, honey. I'm moving, gyrating <laughs> them hips like that. No, I love what you said about having men sing about love to you because I actually changed my Siri voice on my phone to the man's voice. I was like, I want a man talking back to me when I'm asking these questions. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that. Girl. I'm like, let's bring that energy in. And I love the playlist idea too, because I have a manifesting love playlist and I got a DM y'all a couple weeks ago from a woman who was like, thank you for this playlist. I was listening to it all the time. She sent me wedding pictures from her wedding in West Africa. I was like, wait, let me go listen to my playlist, child. This thing works. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And we love you, Rhonda. Rhonda, you're amazing. Thank you for having me. And congrats to you guys with all of your success. I have to get the book, Sensual Faith. The two words together just intrigued me so much. Thank you for being here today. You are such a gem. Many thanks to Rhonda. We're going to take a short break, but coming up next, it's offering time. Well, guys, it is time for church announcements. You know, we got to get them in. So before we get to offering, we got to talk about a few things. Now, we are so grateful for all of the love that you've been showing us here at Sanctified. It's affirming. It's beautiful. We are very blessed and grateful. And 
because we want to continue to build and welcome you into more sanctified episodes and just the whole community. We need you to do a couple things for us. We need you to tap the follow button, beloved, so that you are notified of everything we do over here at Sanctified. And don't forget to rate us on the Spotify app. So just go ahead, give us five. It's all good. We understand. We appreciate that. And lastly, tap that bell so you're notified as soon as a new episode is released. All right, that's it for our church announcements, child. Let's get into the offering. So here at Sanctified, as you know, we do offering a little differently here. It's nothing that you give us, but something that we want to give back to you. Something affirming, something tangible, something you can walk away with. I loved Rhonda's testimony. I loved fellowshipping with her. And I think one of the things that stood out to me was how she romances herself. And when she spoke about all the things that she knows she can do for someone else, but she does them for herself first, really put me in the mind frame of the love starts with you. And when you start seeing yourself and loving yourself the way God intended you to love yourself, you are going to flourish in this world like never before. So start with you. And I would add and focus on you. I think as we are talking about love, sometimes we can externalize it when the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. So if you're on social media and you're seeing all these men versus women and low vibrational conversations, unfollow, hide the post, right? Make sure that you're curating your social media in such a way that you feel nurtured when you close out the app. If you find yourself around people who start to get into these really toxic debates as opposed to engaging, healing, holistic, nuanced conversations, remove yourself. If you keep talking like that, I'm leaving, right? You have power in this, beloved. You get to say where you're going to place yourself. So place yourself in spaces that are nurturing love. That's my offering today. I love that. And I love you, LaVon. I love you, DJ. Thank you for an amazing time as always. Y'all don't understand. This woman's funny. Listen, telling me I'm funny is a love language, okay? Tell me I'm a baddie. Tell me I'm brilliant. Yeah, but tell me I'm funny. Oh, I'm (laughs) melting like putty. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's going to get a lifetime worth of laughs, among other things. Thank you, sis. I'm such a goofball. My therapist told me that great relationships have three things. She says tenderness, accountability, and credibility. And I would add a fourth, playfulness. Because if we're not laughing, what are we doing? I can't be that serious in life. So I love it. Thank you so much for joining us on Sanctify today. And please come on back next week to get sanctified with us again and bring a sister friend or two or three. <laughs> <laughs> with you. Also, email us at sanctified at unbotherednetwork.com to let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. We're so grateful that you're here in the Sanctified community, y'all. And we're going to get with you next time. So remember, beloved one, God is love. You are love. And you You are are worthy. Sanctified is a Spotify original series produced in partnership with Jamel Hill's Unbothered Network, Lodge Freeway Media, and Exit 39. Hosted by Deborah Joy Winans and LaVon Briggs. From Unbothered Network, Lodge Freeway Media, and Exit 39, executive producers are Jamel Hill and Evan Dick. 
Head of content for Unbothered is Christina Tapper. Head of network operations is Rich Burner. Creative producer is Ashley J. Hobbs. From Spotify, executive producer is Christina Tapper. Creative executive is Grace Delia. Senior program manager is Jessica Dow. And program manager is Jenna Lonergan. Special thanks to all the cross-functional teams at Spotify that helped bring this program to life. This episode includes original music produced by Cheyenne G. New episodes of Sanctified come out every Wednesday, only on Spotify. So be sure to hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. <laughs>